Welcome to More to Come, PW Comics World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also Co-Editor of PW Comics World, as well as Comic and Graphic Novel Reviews Editor for Publishers Weekly and the Editor-in-Chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. Uh, and don't forget, you can uh, subscribe to, uh, to More to Come on iTunes. And check us out on social media at uh, facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld and on Twitter at, at pwcomicsworld. So this week on More to Come, uh, Picture Box, uh, the end of Frontless Publishing, uh, Fanographics on Kickstarter, and also uh, the rise of kick trolling. Uh, Apple bans sex criminals <laughs> and other uh, uh you know another hot comics uh and uh following that the news brief and also um stay tuned uh, to the end, of the end of the podcast for uh, some information about a giveaway uh of jim butcher's uh new uh, dresden files graphic novels so uh the end of an era. Well, it was a short era, but obviously it was a very good, um, a very good independent well, art comics publisher. Years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was definitely. Uh, well, you know, Picture Box is absolutely one of the most uh, influential publishers of the. I don't know what you'd call the graphic novel era, the indie, the arty, yeah, the uh, art comics uh, era. Yeah. Uh, Dan Nadell, um, uh, what a comics historian, author, publisher, professor. Um, yeah. Even wrote even wrote for uh, for uh, for PW a little bit in right. the early days. That's right, back in the day when mm -hmm. I started here over ten years ago, Dan was one of my mm -hmm. reviewers. That's right. So, uh, uh, but you know, he had done the Gansfeld before yes, that, uh, which goes a back terrific, twenty years. A terrific, a terrific art comics art, yeah. amalgamation. That really yeah. started a lot of uh, a lot of the discussion around all of this stuff, and. Um, you know, with Comics Comics, he continued that, which is a fanzine that he did with, well, a fanzine, I mean a pro-fanzine, but a, a comics criticism yeah, magazine yeah. he did with uh, Tim Hodler and Frank Santoro, who would later reunite for the Comics Journal website. But yeah, Picture Box, um, you know, the Gary Panter book, um, you know, CF, I mean, they continued yeah, Fort yeah, Thunder, yeah. CF, Brian Paper Red, um, Paper Red, um, you know, books by, uh, I mean, <laughs> so many, Frank Santoro, <laughs> Ray French. Yeah, I apologize, uh, I don't have Andy my iPad with me today um, to, <laughs> to do quick research. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but check us out at publishthewiki.com slash comics. We have a story up about it. Uh, now, obviously, the first thing that comes to mind is, oh, my God, you know, another really important small publisher overwhelmed by an awful hard, unrelenting commercial environment. But Dan says uh, that that's not the case, that, you know, um, he just had gone as far as he, he could. Like most, he could have kept going, uh, could have kept selling and maybe bringing in, putting out a couple of books a year. Uh, but in my my talk with him, <clears throat> he just said, look, uh, I can't grow it any more than it is. Uh, I can't really shrink it either. Uh, and in other places, uh, certainly in Dubuque, I mean, he's got a, a, a new domestic situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a uh, he's a, a new father, and the like. And you know what? He's taken a job uh, at his former distributor, right? Director of right. key accounts, yeah. Um, at a tremendous distributor. DAP is a really a a terrific distributor of art books, uh, and, as well as some comics, and certainly his comics. So, 
Uh, I wouldn't rule out the fact that, you know, we'll see Dan Nadell back well, in the game yeah. at some comments. point. You know, I, no, he's not leaving comments. But yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people were talking about whether this is unexpected or, you know, I mean, I have to admit, I didn't have picture box number one on my dead dog derby of comics publishers. But, you know, maybe if mm. we really looked at the signs, we would have. And I mean, a lot of people have known about this for a yeah. while. And well, I saw uh, Tom this, sort of, uh, Tom Spurgeon sort of said, well, everybody yeah. knew it right after SBX or so, or before SBX. Yeah. But I interviewed Dan. Dan at SBX. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, Dan doesn't tell me everything that's going on in his world, but he certainly did not sound like a guy that was about to shut down operations. Well, you know, Kelvin, you know what? I would actually disagree with that a little bit because it did seem that whenever you asked Dan about what was happening in recent years, he did sort of get this kind of faraway look at his eyes. So, you know, I would say it (laughs) was also, I guess I don't peer deeply into his eyes. (laughs) Yes, I I mean, I would say this did not come as a total surprise to me. And um, even if I wasn't one of his confidants, as Tom Spurgeon was, but um, you know, it, it was definitely uh, I don't know. To me, the handwriting was on the wall, yeah. and and I think one of the things that you just that Dan said to you was actually very interesting when he said he couldn't grow the business. Yeah, and I mean, I think you know, it's kind of is the glass half full? Is the glass half empty? I mean, there's a great sale going on, fifty percent off everything mm-hmm. at the Picture yeah, Box course. website, yes. including some really great uh, out of print books that are available again, such as Brian Chippendale's Ninja, which I mm. highly recommend. Um, but, you know, maybe, I mean, we haven't even mentioned how Dan was the co-founder of the Brooklyn Comics oh, and right. Graphics we, Fest. Yeah, we, we shouldn't leave that out. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my only point is that, like a lot of small publishers, uh, Dan seemed undercapitalized to me. Um, and because of the nature, the nature of what he was publishing, um, you know, he, he's not publishing to a mass right, audience. Right, he's publishing right. to a very select niche. And, you know, it's I, maybe he could have brought an investor in. Maybe, who knows? Maybe you could have even found someone who'd been willing to, to, to maybe buy the company. But, I mean, Dan's a pretty picky guy. I don't think Dan would ever sell yeah, the yeah. company, you know? I mean, unless he was going to be rich for the rest of his life. Exactly. I mean, it was a very much a passion project for him. And the fact that the, it was, you know, a passion project that did so well, um, you know, and, and influenced so many people. I mean, unfortunately, the uh, you know, roads of artistic history are paved with small passion projects, people who really believed in things and... Uh, that you know kind of changed the world but unfortunately don't always pay off for the people who well, invented them. But on them. the other hand I mean he was able to keep it going for almost 10 years um, I'm, I'm not sure what else he needs. I mean it things don't last forever. It's had a good run he's ready to move on to other things I'm not sure that's bad. Well and like I said I also think he's really situated really well now too. For instance I mean he the t- picture box titles will remain available. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's a director of key accounts uh, at his former distributor right, right. that handles his books. Uh, he can make them all available. Uh, he can keep them in print should he choose to do so, uh, as long as there's some demand. I, I suppose he would. And I think you know my feeling is at some point down the road, if the if the economic situations or some opportunity presented itself, uh, he could <laughs> decide yes. to announce a new list. And, and you know, here's <laughs> the other thing. Really is. Um, you know, at some point, the marketplace does have its say. Yeah. You know, I mean, is is CF and Brian Chippendale going to find new publishers? Certainly. You know, yeah. is Yuichi Yokoyama? Sure. I mean, that's another really great cartoonist. Right. Of ab- that's right. that's but, great. you know, it was abstract manga that made you trancy, feel trancy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it might not be quite have the audience of Attack on Titan. Let's no, put it that but way. But on the other hand, I mean, he didn't close for financial no. reasons. No, there no, was no, 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 no. It, was, it was supporting itself as a press, yeah. which is more than you can say for certain Absolutely. companies. 
it the thing is that you know i mean is it really the market having its say or is it just you know passion projects eventually the passion runs out well i people, think what we'll it's a lot of work but what we'll see now i'm saying is the market having its say you oh know, as to who I mean, as, and on. you know and who's and tastes having their say i mean you know i think there's a lot of cartoonists who will be picked up yeah, and oh, absolutely uh, absolutely you know and absolutely. kept in print and, I, I think that's exactly you know happen. i think some of them may not have as big a following afterwards mm. so you know and i mean that's unfortunate but then they'll have a 20th anniversary of picture box reunion you know yeah. or something yeah, and we should remember, he also started publishing kind of these classic manga in the last that's year right. and they were terrific in many ways maybe some of his most more accessible books yeah. Yes. So, absolutely. Um, yeah. Although well, you, you know they also published Blutch and David B. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, th- there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, he's just got a fan, uh, uh, great taste, uh, great vision, and and as you're saying, he could have kept on as it was in you know indefinitely, yeah. but I think personal circumstances and perhaps an opportunity for a really solid job, yeah. you know, maybe figures time out. Well, not only that. I mean, people talk about their publishing companies like it's their baby, and now he has an actual baby. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, life uh, happens. And life happens. And when you, you know, somebody who runs her own business in her spare time, also, I would say, if I had another human being that I had to actually take yeah. care of constantly, and you know, monitor and and you know, be one hundred percent responsible for, or fifty percent responsible for. I, my baby business might not get as much attention. Yeah, so yeah. that's um, life yeah. happens. I, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Kate. I spend half my uh, time away from here doing stuff for here. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if I would be doing that, you know, if I, you know, were a dad, which I'm not, you know, unless you Don't count you have my a dog. dog? You have a dog? Yes, with my dog. But, but so dog does not need to be driven to hockey practice. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, you say that, but you know, <laughs> give him time. Give him time. So, so Dan, well, Dan Nato, uh, good luck to you yeah. in whatever you're doing. And uh, we obviously uh, certainly have not heard the last thing. No, you. absolutely and, not. In fact, you can just go and to tcg.com, yeah. tcj.com. And, and yes, and um, and picture box will be spoken of for many a moon. Yeah, absolutely, so. absolutely. But you know, Kate, you raise fanographics, and uh, you know their Kickstarter is. Uh, by the time you hear this podcast, will have drawn to a close. Uh, as of we're speaking, it's at two hundred sixteen thousand dollars, and they're uh, aiming for two hundred fifty. That was not their original goal, but it right. is their stretch goal. Right, and they are in sort of a vague way saying that if they can get to two hundred fifty, they're going to quote unquote add more manga. Mm-hmm. Um. But they're not saying what manga they'd be adding, but um, well, they're no, assuring us yeah. that it would be great. No, in fanographics, we, we could probably it, it would probably guess. be good. Yes, it, I'm sure it'll be good, and it'll be, you know, it'll be, I would say, more in the line of what we've seen being published yeah. by the indie comics right. presses, Gegeka and the like. Um, you know, it, you know, it's not going to be, you know, one piece, obviously. No. <laughs> but, uh, but that's, I mean, that's certainly been one of the more uh, amazing transformations in the indie comics market is how they've embraced the manga category and really the the manga that many of us are saying, hey, this is what needs to be published as well. Well, I, I think maybe it's because after they got over the inrush of popular manga of of mainstream manga which was very much not the kind of thing that they were into exactly they realized that there were the equivalents of them over in japan which no kidding that yes not everything in japan is about flying robots there are people like you writing about depressed dudes and garrets yes yes, and And bad drawing too you know (laughs) and and so suddenly they felt at home and they they realized that that they were all making comics together yeah and uh which was a healthy development for the industry it's a big world of experimental comics. Yeah. But um, anyway, I mean, it's interesting. 
a lot of speculation on how this might change uh, the publishing industry. And, um, you know, I think there was, I, I think when we first covered this story, I mentioned that there was a non-aggression pact among some, uh, unspoken non-aggression pact among some publishers not to go to Kickstarter. And, uh, <laughs> Including packed, Dan Nadell yes, among one, yes. one of them. <laughs> well, instead of going to Kickstarter, Which, he went home to baby. And... Um, <laughs> Now, uh, the non-aggression pact, the unspoken, uh, is even more unspoken. So, uh, well, you know, yeah, it'll be I interesting to see well, how it's gonna broken fall by the, I think it's going to fall is. by the wayside yes. is what's going to happen. Oh, I, I mean, I don't think, you know, publishers are going to be doing a Kickstarter every week. But look, it's going to be a tool in the toolkit, I think, of almost every, certainly every indie and, publisher. And, and let's face it. And if they don't use it, they're dumb. Yeah. Comics <laughs> publishers need all the tools they can get. And Kickstarter is a great yeah. tool. Yeah. So I don't see the problem. Yeah. Well, but speaking of Kickstarter... And speaking uh, of problems. Problems. We, there's a, a little problem that's been spoken of a few times with Kickstarter fraud, but not among those offering the Kickstarters, but among those pledging to the Kickstarters. And uh, the first was a guy who was apparently pledging to a ton of, uh, ton of campaigns and then getting the rewards and then disputing it with his credit card. And, uh, you know, but he was clamped down on by, by Kickstarter itself. And then now there's a new phenomenon called kick trolling, where... Um, individuals will pledge a very high amount mm. very, and then uh, make the you know people who are running the campaign say, oh, great, we've been funded, and then suddenly lower it just before yeah. the campaign. I uh, think this is insidious and, yeah. and I mean, dangerous. I, I don't understand what kind of rotten human being would, well, would feel the urge to do this. Well, apparently, um, I, I did contact Kickstarter. They would not comment on it, but I have heard uh, a little bit more about some of the background on this, and apparently it's a very young individual. So this literally is pranking, okay? Yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, now, one of the things, even though it is pranking, um, it has some real-world yeah. dis- yeah, disruption really and that some people may see, oh, it's funded. I don't need to pledge. Exactly. And yes. then this pledge is withdrawn, and uh, it is, you know, you're left high and dry. Um, also, Amazon seems to be more of the kind of big monolithic, um, you know, corporation in this because apparently they do show the money as having been pledged, and they do charge fees of the Kickstarter. So, um, you know, one of the cases that I've been covering was Locust Moon, the comic shop in Philadelphia. They had a very modest Kickstarter that was six hundred dollars. I mean, they did make it even without, uh, you know, the troll. But uh, the troll pledged like two thousand dollars, and uh, you know then so yanked it. Uh, then yanked it. But and now, then they had but, to but, pay the Amazon price. Then they have, well, they they you know it's still kind of in limbo at this point. So I I've Isn't been talking like to a five percent or oh that's yeah. high. That maybe that's high. I don't know. There is yeah. there, is, there a, is a pretty there's yeah, a Amazon transaction takes fee. It's, it's, yeah, it's they get their pound um, of flesh. You know I understand sure. that there's really only a little bit like one percent, a little more than one percent of pledges that are are yeah. trolls are that are that are but not you, trolls. No, that are pulled. You know sometimes. Yeah. You know, you pledge People at the have beginning, and then it turns out pull. your car broke down. You know yeah. what? Yeah. You, you don't have the money. Yeah. So, it happens. Yeah. Or so, bad but, credit card. And you know. one other policy that... Um, I'm not really sure how you'd stop the trolls. Well, uh, but Kickstarter, as far as I can understand, is aware of this policy, and they maybe have some uh, some bells and whistles, a little, you know, maybe... I, they're aware of it, is, is, yeah. is what I've been led to understand. They also have... This hasn't been spoken of. But uh, they have a policy whereby you cannot withdraw a large, like if you have a pledge that would cause a campaign to go below the funding level, you cannot withdraw it in the last 24 hours. 
That's, That's so, useful. and this has been a long-standing policy just to prevent this kind of yeah. thing. So, um, I, I, you know, I think covering it and talking about it is, uh, you know, maybe good. I mean, it might be giving some other young people with nothing else to do. Somehow I don't think they're listening to our podcast. Well, I hope not, but you never know. Yeah, uh, I, I also saw some sort of tips out there to uh, maybe be a little more careful about rewards that are like really giant. Right. Um, to try to control that impulse. Right. But uh, it, it, no doubt this is something as we go in Kickstarter that the the company itself is going to have to kind of look at what's going on yeah. and, and institute some new practices. And as I said, it's like there's a lot of money changing hands and people yeah. are always going to be attracted to that um, and not always for the best intentions. It will attract scumbags as well. Uh, and, and, and and pranksters, I mean, yeah. as you said. Yeah. I mean, I mean so, this is this yeah. definitely... It's know, a the, pretty scummy prank, yeah, though. The, yeah. the, well, I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, well, I can think of worse pranks. You know, yeah, like well. that one where they put the salt in the sugar bowl. Oh, God, I hate, <laughs> I hate that. that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then there's the one where I really crashed a whole Kickstarter campaign. Whoa, hilarious. Yeah. I'm so funny. I'm almost as funny as the guy who told us that we could get Earth out of the way of a crashing comet by jumping three steps to the left. <laughs> okay, there you go. Okay. So uh, hopefully uh, we'll, you know, these issues will be resolved going forward. Um, Apple. Apple. How's this for at the front? Here, talk about issues. Uh, Apple uh. and for one of a better way, better way to describe it, sex comics. Um, uh, we've got. Well, they a story. don't like the sex title. They don't, they don't yes. like the, th the sex thing. We've got a story at publishersweekly.com/comics uh, by Bridget uh, Alverson that really kind of looks at uh, what's uh, something that's kind of uh, a problem. I mean, in-app purchasing uh, is really convenient. People love reading comics on their iPads, but uh, Apple has seemed to have this policy that is not very clear uh, that anything involving sex or nudity or mature material can at their whim be banned from in-app purchasing, uh, which can be a huge chunk of revenue it is. Uh, out because of Because it, it takes away out of the, the publisher and artist. It, it takes away the um, impulse purchase. Yeah, like yeah. It's yes. one thing, to, I mean, it's true, that if you buy, say, Sex Criminals by Matt Fraction on the Comixology website, it then can be put on yes. your iPad. Yeah, from there. Yes. Yeah, there but, is a workaround but, for it. Or but, it already kicks them to they kick them to the iBook store uh, uh, in some cases as well. Yeah. But those on the it, iBook store uh, comics don't sink. Yeah, um, and I mean, and the iBook storeness of it is adds a whole extra level of. But Apple now you're getting more money for it. Um, but you you can sync it but it, the impulse purchase i mean probably most people don't even know how to get it if it's just not on yeah. on the yeah. app but it's you know i i mean this isn't a new thing i mean apple yes. has banned adult material on their app uh, you know on the ios platform for right from the beginning yes and supposedly word on the street on the grapevine is yeah. that there is a age restriction um they're, they are will eventually put in some kind of age level so that you can um, buy adult material via I think it's got to happen. You know, and in the meantime, they still have these nudie girl, you know, all kinds yes. of like well, sex-related apps that's that is so ridiculous. Yeah. That it's really this weird uh, double, you know, two-faced yeah. double standard because, you know, what they have here also, if you're, uh, you know, and, and this happened now, obviously with um, Rob Berry and Throwaway Horse and the Ulysses Scene app. Right, yeah. Um, they have a double standard. If you're doing, you know, some sort of variously validated uh, canonical piece of literature, like an adaptation of, of Ulysses, say, 
they backed down. They banned that app, and they mm-hmm. backed it down when they were sort of lampooned right. left and right. Well, yeah, I mean um, they'll they'll back down because there were some bare breasts in right. Ulysses. Uh, uh, the Oscar oh, Wilde uh, graphic novel also had a similar problem. Right. And well, you know, earlier in the year, there was the brouhaha over Saga 12, which turned uh, yes, out, to, but that turned out, yes. to, as we well, recall now, to be preemptive uh, by set comicology. And now, um, uh, you know, I mean, I think this, this Apple, now it's more transparent that Apple's the one doing the banning. And you know what? Yeah. I mean, I think that at least is a healthier place yeah. than, than comicology. But, but, but what was disturbing, of course, was that uh, <laughs> comicology was sort of pre-censoring. Right, right. Deciding right. But, but that's that it not was what's going on. But I, Apple but, right, approve, right, right. But I also it. understood why they did that. Yes, was because I they, they were afraid that if, it if would Apple... Be banned. It would be banned and it would bring down all of comicsology Because if comicsology is brought down, you can't get yeah. any of your comics. So, you know, so I I mean, they, now that that... I mean, the amount of transparency that came after that, I think, was, was positive for this. And, you know, this is... Again, the, the triple standard. I mean, you can still get adult movies, R-rated movies. You on, can buy them in, from iTunes. You can buy them yeah. from iTunes. You can watch them on your iPad, and you can buy them on the apps. And you know, this. But is, that's because movies are a legitimate art yeah. form. Yeah. And yeah. still yeah. complicating this whole mess is that, you know, when Comicsology was told that, you know, uh, we didn't, you know, we weren't, we didn't ban it, uh, and they resubmitted comics. Yeah. Uh, they went back and retroactively banned yes. comics. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, according to Bridget, there's been, what, 59 comics banned on Apple, uh, on the Apple platform, on right. the in-app purchase this year alone. That's a lot of comics. Mm-hmm. It um, is. And, and some of the comics are, are Eisner-nominated comics. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is really disturbing. Uh, Apple has got to come up with a better way to do it. Right. Well, right. I mean, I think Apple's... Well, actually, this really reminds me of the Motion Picture Association, the MPAA, where they won't tell you why they ban it. And they have very shadowy practices of of how they decide what to ban and what not to ban and why they go back on a ban. You just don't know. It's like a black box that censors everything and you can't see inside the black box. Um, And so it's the lack of transparency on Apple's part that also makes it harder for publishers to know what they can put out there and what they can't. It's like a gamble every time you get close to the line of adult content. Well, I mean, I think calling a book Sex Criminals was a little bit of a red flag. Well, I I mean, mean, some of the other books that they banned have been very obviously erotic content, such as Black Kiss by Howard Chaykin. So, I mean, some of them are not as... I mean, you're saying that Apple now is intimidating publishers to what they call their books? I mean, you can call a book Sex Criminals and it may not have any sex in it at all. I, I just think right. that I, I, I props to Eric Stevenson. I think for really going. I mean, some publishers would rather not make us big stink about it for right. fear that you know Apple yeah. will you know, target will, them in the will future. target them in some way. Uh, much props to him for saying yeah. you know this is a big pain. And it's unfair and um, you know something's got to be done about it. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, Apple. I mean, well, it's they've said on a number of occasions they don't want their devices to be used for porn, which. Too bad. You've yes, well, s- you've sold yeah, right? famously uh, what Steve Jobs said. You can go read your porn on Android, but uh-huh. I mean, yeah. you you <laughs> well, sold we... the devices to people. They own them now. You're not responsible <laughs> yeah, for apparently. what they well, do. Well, like I said, I I mean they they have been threatening. Like uh, the uh, the word is that they will eventually have to deal with this yeah, in some I sort of so. age rating on the apps. And you know, listen, I understand it too. If you have a kid, I mean, every parent I know sure. gives their kids their their app devices to, to play with as play things. And and you but, know, but I mean, I wouldn't think you. Would license your kid to 
buy things well exactly apps. that's the thing it's like you you know you need to have age restrictions in place that uh, prevent that kind of thing but you know the kids have the internet so i mean it's all ridiculous yes, right. anyway. well, <laughs> but yeah this is also i mean i think last time out i was talking about you know google and how they had mysteriously censored the beat and you know this is just part of uh you know i was at the miami book fair um when two weeks ago no a week ago whatever i've been traveling so much <laughs> i don't even remember where here. i've been yeah i was in like five cities in six weeks so it was a little crazy but um we should have got an update on that but anyway well yeah but story. one of the things that was said there was they were talking about um i forget who it was it was ben catcher or, or i was at this one panel where they were talking about how amazon is beginning to clamp down more on the side no it's peter bag who said it but that amazon um, is beginning to be have a little bit of a uh, chilling effect on books that aren't standard size. And they want them, if they're not standard size, to come pre-wrapped from the publisher. Because, you know, that is... Amazon doesn't make money on selling books, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, the odder the size, the heavier the package, the more difficult it is for them to ship it. But, you know, they are trying to say, oh, if it's a different size, you need to wrap it up for us. So and, and it won't fit into the drones? Is right. That, is that yes, the, they <laughs> won't fit into their drones. So uh, does that oh, mean... damn you, uh, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. So, so when they're saying it's not a standard size, they mean, are they counting manga size as a standard size or Well, not? I think that's a small size. Oh, okay. I mean, I think they're talking about books like, say, um, oh, the, funky the Gary Panther one. book that yeah. was right, like right. this. Right. Or yeah, the, yeah. You know, Gus and or I think it was Ben Catcher was talking about um, his, his book. His, his books are very yeah. oversized. Yeah. And but you know, I mean, the whole point is, I this. I mean, I've said this many, many times, but the tail you know, is trying to wake Google, it up. No, it's that Google, Apple, and Amazon are not our crunchy friends. No, they're you not. Know? They're, they're they own are friends. not they're our not, crunchy no. friends. No, they're not. No, and um, not. they started out that way. And Facebook never started out that way. They were our enemy from the get go. <laughs> so anyway, don't get me started on Facebook. Yes, really, no. don't. Well, yeah, as well, as we rail at them. Uh, we'll yeah, we'll you rush out of here to, oh, make, my, my to put posts on all three platforms. My mom just sent me some pictures on, yes, of exactly. the kittens on Facebook. So, so let me like that right now. Curse you, technology platforms. Um, well, uh, shall we move on? We should definitely move on. And News make briefs. sure to stay tuned for our contest yes, at yes, the end yeah. of the podcast. News briefs. Uh, the Angoulême Comics Festival in France, the biggest comics festival in Europe, possibly the world, depending on how you defend how you define comics festival has two very atypical um, official selections. Usually they tend toward art books, uh, but this year uh, Hawkeye from Matt Fraction and Saga from Brian K. Vaughn are going to be official selections of the Angoulême Comics Festival and will be up for the grand prize. So we'll see. So you mean those snooty French uh, comics yes. um, uh, festival organizers yes. are letting a Marvel some, superhero like, comic. Day class A American uh, yeah, superhero fantasy comics. I mean, yet? come on. Have you looked at the book? I mean, <laughs> well, I know it's great, but, but you know, last but year. frequently they don't see through that. Frequently right, but, all they see. Well, you know what? Last year The Walking Dead was on the list. That's when go. everybody just, you know, through, that was like that crazy cat panel where the feet go up and, you know, <laughs> like the little brivets, the little swirls. <laughs> Worlds come out of like, them. So. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, but I, I think this is going to push it to a new there level of, of French people going, what is this? <laughs> uh, because, you know, yes, yeah, right. <laughs> Well, you know, I'll be at this well, year's yeah. Angoulême Festival, That's hopefully. Right. So, so um, we'll you know, I'll to... be able to report on the fainting and uh, <laughs> out, outroar, uh, up, you know, uproar and rioting uh, in person, hopefully. Excellent, excellent. Well, uh, uh, I don't know exactly how big Angoulême is, but it's like the whole 
doggone town. Yeah, it takes over the town. Yeah, so so we'll uh, we'll have more to come on that for sure. (laughs) So the troubled Spider-Man musical, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, will be closing on January 4th this year, I guess after the Christmas season to get those last few tourists. Um, (laughs) The question is, how much money have they lost? They're not even sure yet, but estimates run to $60 million, one of the biggest Broadway flops of all time. Pretty yeah. amazing, sixty million dollars. I mean, I, I thought these Broadway shows. I thought they're like sold out every night, or they don't well, even run well, for a week. The problem, and yet they still lost sixty million. The problem was their margin was too low. That most Broadway shows um, don't cost as much to put on hmm. as as Spider Man, Turn Off the Dark. So if you even have like two days of not having a hundred percent sold out show or having any tickets at discount, boom, you're losing money. Yeah. Otherwise, I thought Julie Tamar just took all the money when she left. Yeah, well, no. also, no, they're, actually, they're well, suing she now. took quite a bit of money, and also there's all the liability lawsuits from the there people who were injured while working on the show. Yeah, you know, and the guy who just recently, and you know, who injured his leg, and it, was, it wasn't just like, you know, he fell and hurt his leg. I mean, the guy walked out of the hospital on, you know, with a cane and metal rods. I mean, yeah. his leg was completely mangled. So, you know, yeah, this I'm, show was cursed from, oh, from well, the day that they, you know. But I, it was self-cursed, let's it, face but, it. But it was, Most musicals managed to go on, even ones with acrobats. Yeah. Without a constant string of expensive well, and terrible you, injuries, you know the the signature story about this. You know, I'm not sure what kind of uh, supreme being I believe in, but literally the day that you know Bono and the Edge and the producers were there to sign the agreement, the guy who had the show who was going to produce the show originally went to get a pen and literally dropped dead of a heart attack as he was about to get the pen. And I mean, the, that should have, was not that should have told people right there that, that curse that, had yeah. been levied. Well, well, there's going to be a tell-all book on yes, the subject yes. coming soon from uh, one of Julie Tamar's um, uh, creating partners. And so he's he's writing all about the inside story of Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. I can hardly wait. You know, um, in the meantime, uh, you know, Julie Tamer's great staging of the Magic Flute is currently at the Metropolitan. If you want to see and her work when she was really, really, really amazing. Well, cool. she and she still is. She yes. uh, has a uh, another production going on, which is unfortunately sold out of um, oh, it's some Shakespeare play. I can't yeah. remember which one. Yeah. Uh, currently completely sold out yep. run. So she, I mean, I think she's a very good director. She's just really not a writer and not so, everyone can write since we're talking about musical can i ask a question that has nothing to do with really what we're talking about but is the alison bechtel musical still going on i'm not sure uh, i think it might have ended its run might have ended but, it, but you know while we're but on i'm sure it didn't cost 60 million dollars yes. <laughs> or, or or yeah or anywhere even remotely close to it that's it you yeah. know just a reminder this is a reminder in the original version of spider-man which i saw uh, the burglar didn't even kill Uncle Ben. Just just think about that for a while. So How can that be? Because, That's the whole well, origin. <laughs> how can that be? Oh, well, how there you go. How can that be? Yeah. It would just call me a nerd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, well, you, you know, you kind of almost wonder if someone was playing a springtime for Hitler with this one. Mm. <laughs> but it didn't work. $60 million. Yeah. Yeah. As I recall, Springtime for Hitler was a hit. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. The, 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 the plan of yes. Springtime for Hitler is if it flops, no one pays attention yeah. to where all the money went. Well, that's true. Cause and and so it fooled him by becoming with, a hit. That's right. I yeah. forgot the, the twist in the plot. Yeah. Anyway. Of course, it may just be a reverse Springtime for Hitler where they meant it to be a hit and it flopped. Uh, okay. Um, Viz, 
which has just debuted within the last month, um, a, a big digital initiative on Crunchyroll. It's me. Okay. Uh, has decided to also partner with Google Play for pretty much the same books. And so you will be able to um, buy your Viz manga at a reduced price on Google Play. And Google Play is uh, Google's Hulu to uh, Apple's yeah. Netflix, right? Yeah, it's well, yeah, it's it's basically Google's store. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's I'm Google not sure it's going to be a reduced price. It's going to be no, the regular I mean, it's, prices. It's, it's it's the it's cheaper than the print copy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll it's be all their digital copies. Regular yeah. digital copies. Yeah, it's price. all digital copies. I mean, this is the latest in a string of uh, of new r- retail channels that Viz has been um, announcing since I think just before New York Comic Con, uh, if not maybe a little further back. Um, and I think what we're seeing really is the really the rollout of their digital comics. Uh, yeah. Really, on every I mean, uh, retail platform, they're they're definitely at the forefront of of manga going digital every way, which way it can. Yes, absolutely. Um, but up until very recently, you know, they they handled all of their retail sales yeah. for the most part. So what we're seeing now really is them spreading uh, spreading their content out over all the other retail platforms. And I would think, since they were already started using uh, Comixology in Europe, uh, I really think that it uh, we it won't be long before we see. Well, they're taking, on Comixology they're taking in the US. a lot more uh, initiative than most comic companies in that they're keeping a much closer hand on it. It's not like they're just giving it to a distributor and the distributor is putting it on these other platforms. They themselves are making deals with all these different yeah. stores to put out their comics. And to their credit, I mean, it's really going to make it yeah. much easier to, to find, find what and, you and want, buy wherever manga. you want. Uh, and I think you've got a, a platform like Comixology who would love to have uh, the Viz list. But, uh, the complete Viz list. On yeah. Because they, they have none, really. They, yeah. they really don't have a serious amount of manga. But speaking of um, things being acquired to get lots of manga, and speaking of Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll has been bought by the Chernin Group. Um, yeah, very interesting. Yes. Um, Crunchyroll, which started out as a relatively small startup run by Geeks, which originally was basically a scanslation site, has sold for, up, for somewhere in the neighborhood of Hundred million dollars. Rumored to have sold for a hundred million. Well, it's, it's sold. It's rumored. Yeah. rumored to have sold for that, but you know, uh, yeah, yeah, um, because they they want to expand their online video offerings, and um, so it's it's really going to be interesting to see where corporate Crunchyroll yeah. goes. It's come a long way, baby. Um, yeah. uh, and you know, and and obviously, very recently we saw uh, what was that Kadansha that launched. On Crunchyroll? Yeah. No, Crunchyroll's been announcing a lot of initiatives yeah. recently. And, yeah. Um, Kodansha you know, Manga available? I mean, you know, I think uh, it was the Chernin Group there that bought it, uh, which is run by Peter Chernin, former chairman of Fox. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, I don't, this could be either like Michael Eisner buying tops and thinking Bazooka Joe was going to be the next, uh, you know, Harry oh, Potter. Dear. Or it could be, uh, act- I mean, it sounds, I think it's a little more sound than that. To be yeah, honest. hopefully but, uh, so. It's a Crunchyroll is a pretty forward-looking company. And, mm. I, I, you know, I think obviously they have streaming and, yeah. um, you know, geek culture that is um, not going to go away overnight. And, and they've come a long way from being basically a, a pirate site at, yeah. at one point in their thing yeah. to strictly legit. I mean, what you always worry about when uh, when these kind of investment holding companies move in to fan sites is that they don't get it. And just as you were saying, that they do see it as some sort of cash cow that maybe it's not going to be, and hopefully they're around for slow growth. Right. Because, yeah, uh, I because mean, Crunchyroll seems to really be changing and really making itself very attractive to the fans. Yeah, I mean, Crunchyroll is fan nirvana at its current yeah. in its current state. I mean, it not only has 
anime and manga. It also has um, a wide variety of um, translated media from Asia that you just can't get anywhere else. Um, and, you know, you sort of wonder if somebody who's not as intimately involved in the industry is looking at the bottom line, whether they'll make acquisitions like that in the future going forward. Um, we, can, we can only hope, because you don't want to lose what makes a site like that special, because you'll lose its value. Yeah. Right. All right. But um, on that note, there will be more to come. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So uh, last week, I did an interview with Jim Butcher, best-selling author of the Dresden Files series, who also has an affiliated um, graphic novel series coming out from Dynamite. And his publisher very graciously has let us have a very special Dresden Files giveaway. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want your own very personal free copy of Ghoul Goblin by Jim Butcher, all you need to do is email us at pwcomicsweek at gmail.com with the title Jim Butcher Contest. Jim Butcher Giveaway. There we go. Yes. Jim, Jim Butcher, Butcher Giveaway. giveaway. And, and include your address in the email. Yes. Now, we promise we will not use your, email, your address for anything else other than sending you the book if you are the lucky winner. Yes, and five, but we're going to have five lucky winners. Five lucky winners. Five. Oh, they're so, they're really yeah, that's being right. nice to that's us right. time. So, but they so will be, five will, lucky winners will be chosen at random. So again, email to PW Comics Week with the title, Jim Butcher Giveaway. Right. And we'll be back next week with yet another episode because there will be more to come. <laughs>